Innovation happens in the blink of an eye. And to understand the implications, you need a credible source that helps to make sense of it all. Stay up to date on the most pressing innovation issues shaping the world today by subscribing to Better Innovation, a podcast featuring top management strategists, policymakers, and leading innovation thought leaders from across the globe. Going into its sixth season, Better Innovation, hosted by Jeff Saviano, a global innovation leader with EY, delves into how innovative technologies like blockchain, artificial intelligence, digital currencies, and the promise of Web 3.0 are transforming the global landscape. Featuring elite guests like Jeremy Allaire, CEO of Circle Financial, authors Whitney Johnson and Rita McGrath, former U.S. Cabinet member Andrew Card, and a number of leading MIT scientists. Subscribe today and hear more from these distinguished guests. Subscribe to Better Innovation on your favorite podcast platform. G'day everyone, Lauren Kress, the business scientist here. Hope you've had an awesome week. Happy Friday. It's nearly the weekend. Woo! So today, as I mentioned earlier this week, we're talking about the biggest content marketing mistake I'm seeing people make. And I'm going to tell you about, obviously, also how to avoid this mistake what you can what you can do to make your content marketing better. I'm super proud of this live stream. Um, and if you want to check it out as a video, as always, you can go on YouTube and check it out there. You can go onto my website. So if you go to laurencrest.com forward slash grow your brand, you can access the podcast and the video versions of this. But you're here, so you're listening to the podcast, so you probably just want to hear the audio version, which is cool. I think it's kind of easier in a lot of ways to listen to the audio version. If you enjoy this episode, please consider sharing it with the people that you know would benefit from it. And if you want to go the extra mile to support the show, you can head over to my Ko-fi page. So that's ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress. And you can shout me a cup of coffee. So for the price of a coffee, essentially you're getting the stuff that I would give to people as a consultant. The information here is the information that you get when you do an online course, you know, um, but it's free. So for a cup of coffee, I think, I think that's a pretty good deal for those of you who can afford it. If you can't afford it, that's totally cool. You don't need to feel bad about that. Otherwise you can support the show is like sharing, like I mentioned before, or you can go and rate and review the show as well. That really, really helps anything you can do. Super appreciate it. We're just going to go to a quick, short ad break for some of you. Sometimes you get an ad, sometimes you don't. And then we'll head on to the main part of the show. I hope you enjoy it. Babe, there's something different about my mango pineapple smoothie. Really? My caramel frappe tastes fine. Nah, something's definitely different. No difference? Other than I got them for half off because I ordered on the app. Well, that explains it. Explains what? How things seem to taste so much better when you're getting a sweet deal. Okay. (laughs) Right now at Mickey D's, get 50% off any size McCafe beverage when you order through the McDonald's app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Follow one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Oh, we could could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, real moments together, and this... Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. 
today we're talking about something really important, in my opinion. Uh, it's this mistake that I'm seeing a lot of people are making when it comes to content marketing. And I guess the way that I define content marketing, I've talked about this before, is content that you're creating that's like non-interruptive in the sense that it's not like an ad where it pops up in someone's feed and they're like, oh, there's this annoying ad. It's actually like you're creating valuable content that people in your audience want to hear. So you're creating value. It's sort of like the if you're a coach or a consultant, it's like your free sample, right? It's like the thing that people are like, oh, okay, like this is what it's like to have a conversation with this person who can maybe help me with this thing. Hey, Joseph, thank you. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for saying hello. Uh, yeah, content marketing. And I mean, it's changed so much in the last 10 years as well, right? So I think we are, it's sort of like gone through that whole kind of like hype cycle thing. So when I first started working in content marketing back in like, when was it? 20, 2013, 2014, but I've been doing blogging kind of before that. I think content marketing got big in the States before it kind of hit Australia. And uh, so 2014 in the B2B space, it was pretty new. Hey, Therese, how are you doing? Hope you're well. Uh, so it's kind of evolved a lot. And, and this mistake is something that I saw being made back then and it's still being made now. So my point was kind of like, you know, it, it was sort of like big in Australia, especially in the B2B space around 2014. Then it went through that like valley of disillusionment where everyone's like, oh no, content marketing is not actually a silver bullet. It's not going to solve all our problems. And now it's kind of come back up to like, actually, this is a really important part of the marketing mix. And in my opinion, for solopreneurs, for consultants, for coaches, for people who are like, I, I, I want to build uh, recognition and I want to be a thought leader in my space, but I don't want to build like a multi-million dollar company. Like we, we can do, we can basically rely on content marketing for a lot of our stuff. In my opinion, I'm interested, you know, for people watching this, if you disagree as well, like throw up your thoughts too. So I'm going to get into the biggest mistake that people are making the consequences of this and then the solutions obviously as well. <laughs> I'm not going to just tell you about the mistakes and then say, see you later. So the biggest mistake that I'm seeing, and this is why people are finding. So, so what, what you're going to be experiencing if you're making this, this mistake is you're going to be feeling like you're doing a lot of heavy lifting. Like I said, in my post, um, just prior to this live stream, this, this uh, episode is really good for people who are kind of like, sitting there going like, you, you know, you, you open your social media or like your LinkedIn, let's say LinkedIn, right? Like you, you open LinkedIn, you're like, oh, I need to post something today. And then you're like, oh, what should I post? And if you, you're in that position, what you're probably doing a lot of the time is you're sharing other people's content. Cause you're like, okay, like I can't think of anything to post, but I read this really good article this morning. So I'm going to share that. And that's why like in my, if you saw my become a thought leader video I did earlier this week, I, I kind of mentioned that, you know, at the, the lowest sort of rung of the ladder, when you're building up your personal brand to become a thought leader, you're a sharer. You're someone who's kind of going like, okay, I'll share other people's content. That's not the biggest mistake that people are making though. That's fine to share people's content, but you need to be promoting yourself. You need to be promoting what you think about things, right? So the biggest mistake I'm seeing people make is that they're not defining the purpose of what their content actually needs to do. 
And as a result of that, everything that they're posting is pretty ad hoc. I've talked to so many people who tell me that their content is sort of an afterthought. So it's like, oh yeah, okay, I'm just going to throw up. They're like, oh, it's a bit of a hodgepodge, you know, like I just, I'm throwing stuff on the wall and sort of seeing what sticks and I don't really have a strategy. And I'm like, okay, like we all know that we need a strategy. I'm not telling you anything kind of new, but the thing is, is what people are then doing to sort of remedy this is they're going, okay, I need a strategy. So I'm going to put together a content plan and I'm just going to think about all these different posts that I can create. So they create this sort of like piecemealed content where every piece of content doesn't connect to the other pieces of content. They're kind of looking at what other people are doing. Okay. I'll share that kind of content as well. So I'm seeing people do videos. I'll put up a video of me talking about something. And I've, I've done this before. Like, don't be hard on yourself if, if this is something that you've, that you've done. Uh, it's completely understandable. It's sort of like you, you develop a content plan based on, oh, this, this seems to be best practice. This seems to be working for other people. And that kind of makes sense. But what I'd really encourage you to do, and this is sort of what we're going to be talking about how to do today, is you need to think about your content marketing in the same way that you think about creating a home. So I don't mean building a house, I mean creating a home. Therese, you said, surely you want to build a reputation of knowing what we're talking about, build a profile. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Like if we want to show that when we know what we're talking about, sorry, I'll read that out because I do put this on a podcast. Also, Therese said, surely we want to build a reputation of knowing what we're talking about, build a profile. Absolutely. So this is that thought leadership piece, right? And that's what content mark. I mean, to me, I'm like content marketing is basically the most useful way of building your brand as a thought leader. Um, PR comes into that and, you know, social media marketing comes into that, but we've got to have the content, right? And we've got to have content coming from us, not from sharing other people's stuff. So yeah, hundred percent agree, Therese. So when I, when I mentioned that thing about you've got to sort of create a, a content marketing home, what I mean is like, you know, I mean, a lot of you will be familiar with like this concept of like having a brand story and a brand style and, you know, your brand style guide. We've talked about that before on the show as well. You know, you need to have these sort of rules and, you know, like your brand values. You need to have these sort of rules about what you're trying to say as a brand. And what I'm seeing is like, a lot of the time people might have those sort of, I mean, maybe not, maybe they do, but they'll have some idea of like their brand values and their brand story and that kind of thing, but it doesn't actually make its way into the content. So yeah, be helpful, but not too helpful. <laughs> well, I've got a bit of a theory on this just to get sidetracked because this is part of the art of live streaming, right? So Teresa, be helpful, but not too helpful. So my thinking with this is actually, it depends what you're selling. So if you're, um, if you're a coach, the, the main value that you provide is accountability, right? The main thing that you provide is not information because there's so much information out there, right? Like you could look up right now, you could look up heaps of other content out there that's about uh, that's about content marketing and, you know, content marketing mistakes, right? Um, but to me, I think if you're in the coaching space or a consulting space specifically, and I know, Therese, that's kind of the space that you work in, I think that really what we're doing is we're actually making sure that things happen. So we're sort of like the facilitator of action. We're the 
person that's making sure or the brand or the business that's making sure that a business or a person, the, the, the client that we're helping transforms, right? So like we don't pay a personal trainer to tell us how to, to tell us information on how to lose weight. Like we can go to a mag- magazine for that. What we're, t- what we're actually getting a personal trainer to do is keep us accountable to make sure that we actually do our exercises and do our training. It, they'll also teach us things like techniques, right? So they'll be like, oh, you're, you know, you're been at the gym for the last three months and it's not working for you. And then Therese said, yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> I'm going to continue on my tangent for a bit, then I'll get back to my main point. So people are like, uh, yeah, like, you know, oh, well, this is how you need to lift the weights and this is how you need to do this and this is going to help you a lot more. But you're kind of tailoring it to that uh, individual, that business, whoever you're helping. And I think it's the same with what we need to think about with content marketing is remember that the information that we're sharing isn't the thing it isn't isn't the isn't the transformation piece the 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 content we're using to demonstrate our um knowledge and also sort of hint at okay well this is the journey that you can go or not even hint at but just be like this is the journey you can go on if you work with me like and you don't have to work with me but if you want to like this is what we're going to do and this is the transformation you're going to experience so i think it's it's important to separate the role of content marketing and the service you provide um but also understand that you actually can provide quite a lot of information and not give away what's actually truly valuable about what you do because what you're doing is an enabling that transformation to happen okay so back to this content is a home thing so I, the easiest way for me to kind of explain this is, and actually like, I have to give credit to one of my old bosses who kind of taught me this back in like, I think it was like 2015 or something, Matt Rowley, who I think is working at Pedestrian TV now. Um, so shout out to Matt. We're connected on LinkedIn. I haven't talked about for ages, but um, I remember in one of our meetings, we were talking about this issue in our own content where we were kind of doing a lot of piecemeal stuff, like article by article, post by post, trying to work out what to say based on, oh, this is what's topical, you know, and that's kind of how the news works as well. This is what topical, so this is what we should post. And that's fine, but you're not going to be really bringing people into a community. You're not going to be um, sort of, giving people uh like or giving your content a home that has all these other benefits as a result so what i mean is like okay so for instance my podcast is called grow your brand we know what that is it's pretty clear it's about growing your brand like you can't really (laughs) there's no minced words there right we know what that means grow your brands it's three words and that that sort of content asset is the home for everything that i create it's the hook right? It's the thing that draws people in if they're wanting to grow their brand. And it allows me then to create everything that I do is going to somehow relate back to that mission of that podcast show. Now, I'm not saying you have to have a podcast show. I just think it's a really good way to illustrate what I mean by a content home. All everything that I do is going to belong to that. I do have other content that I create that doesn't belong to that. And that's part of a different content asset. For instance, on YouTube, I have a series that I started this year called What Science Says. And it's specifically about, well, what science says about different topics that I want to talk about, right? Everything that I create for that has a has a different um, 
flavor, a different angle, because it's a different content asset, but it all belongs to that again as well. So the mistake, just to be clear, the mistake is what people are doing is they're not building a home for their content. They're not thinking about what, how does everything that I do fit together? And when we build a business, like if, if we built our business that way, we'd be like pretty quickly be like, well, that's crazy, right? Like if your business doesn't have a vision, if your business doesn't have a reason to exist, I was like, well, why is the business there? It's the same with your content. If your content doesn't have a mission, if there's nothing that your content's trying to achieve, except for, oh, I've heard that content is something I need to do and I should be putting stuff out on, on social media, then it's not going to do very much and it's not going to position you as a thought leader. So I want to take you through sort of if this is what you're doing, if you're like, yeah, content home, okay, I get that. That's what I need to build. How do I do that? I'm going to take you through how you can do that. And this is actually related to those six um, steps I shared on Monday as well. So I'm going to share my screen because I actually think, oh, let me see if I can do this. It says sharing screen is easiest with two monitors. Well, I don't have that. Let's see how we go. Okay. Oh, yeah, nice. There we go. All right, that's my screen. Hang on, I probably should just, uh, oh, there we go. I'm on the side. Beautiful. Thanks, StreamYard. Okay. So these are the six steps that I actually um, put together specifically for thought leadership, but it relates to content marketing as well. Because I'm like, these are, these are two things that go hand in hand, right? So, oops. So the first thing you need to do is define what your contribution is. Now we all know what that is because we've done that for business. So it's the same thing. What is the contribution that you're going to make to the world through the content that you create? Why does this content exist? If there's no reason for it to exist, then don't do it, right? <laughs> if you've got nothing to say, don't say anything. So we need to make that really, really clear from the outset. This is, the, this is what's going to be the absolute cornerstone of what you do and the next step is you need to develop your story now oops sorry my phone is not on silent let's just do that okay so step two develop your story now I've been through that those kind of like five elements of story I think I did that a few weeks back on um, one of these live streams but it's available on YouTube if you want to check it out and it's here on LinkedIn if you can be bothered scrolling through the feed it's on LinkedIn as well um so when it comes to developing your story, it needs to tie into this defining your contribution. Now, your story is different to your content. Your story is like, okay, if this is your mission, whatever you've defined here, how is it that you're going to develop a core story that speaks to this mission statement? So I'll, I'll illustrate this with an example. Let's say that um, I might use myself as an example. That's, that's probably the easiest thing for me to do. So for me, define your contribution. Okay, so the Grow Your Brand podcast exists to educate people about how to grow their brand, right? Um, in this piece, you also want to think about, and it sort of goes into step two, who, who is that for? So who is that target audience? Because I could, if I'm teaching an e-commerce store how to grow their brand, that's going to be quite different for, thank you for the love, whoever loved this, by the way. Sorry, I, I kind of like sometimes get notifications and sometimes don't. I think on Facebook, I don't get, I don't know. Anyway, I will continue. So when we're uh, defining our target audience, that's about sort of going like, how does my contribution meet up with what this audience needs? 
And we're going to develop the story with that target audience in mind as the hero of that story. So the hero's journey that we're going to take that person on is structured in that way that I shared in those five elements of story. So I'll put, I might just put a link to that. Thanks, Mezzi. <laughs> I hope you're doing well. <laughs> um, Mez said such a great overview. Appreciate it, Mezzi. Um, so develop your story. Uh, cool. Have that, have that connection with that particular target audience in mind. If you've got more than one target audience, then you need to think about this for each target audience. So if you're like, okay, well, so again, going back to my example of Grow Your Brand, Okay, so for me, I'm like, it's small business owners, it's entrepreneurs, it's people who want to become thought leaders and largely it's going to be B2B space. Or if it's not B2B, it's going to be people who are selling a premium product because that's where I, I believe that content marketing is really going to give you the most leverage. Otherwise, you do need to look at like other strategies and I'm like, content marketing is really like my bread and butter. So I'm like, that's what I want to contribute that's how I can help people and this is who I'm speaking to. That's where those two things marry up. How do I tell a core story that's going to, so again, not content, how am I going to tell a core story about that transformation that I'm going to take that audience on? So that transformation goes from no one knows who I am. I'm really frustrated because I'm putting all this content out there. I'm doing all the things that I've been told to do to grow my brand and it's not working for me. And now I feel really lost and I feel really annoyed and I feel like I'm just wasting a lot of time and I'm almost ready to give up. And the transformation journey is going to be like, okay, but at, by working with me, what I'm going to help you do is become a recognized thought leader. And part of this as well is actually you have to do it yourself. So I'm like, I, how can I say that I'm going to teach people how to be a thought leader if like I'm not doing any of the things that I'm telling my clients to do? So yes, I'm on that journey. I'm not like, right up there as like this huge thought leader yet, but I'm like, I've got to go on this journey too, right? And I'm going to help the people who are a little bit behind where I'm at to come along that journey with me. Okay. Step three, craft your content. So this is, this is where what I'm talking about today really comes in because people are skipping these two steps and then trying to make content, their content's like hodgepodge. <laughs> it's just like, it's like just this, mishmash of all of this stuff right doesn't it doesn't work and people are like what are you trying to say and like what do, why are you posting this stuff like what does it have to do with like and you're going to find that instead of attracting the people that you actually really want to work with it's going to be like you're attracting and I did this like I, I'm like oh actually yeah, I'm not speaking clear enough to a defined audience and it's confusing people so like I've made all of the mistakes that I'm talking about. I know, I know it because I've been there. Okay. So what we, when we're crafting our content based on that core story, now we're thinking about, okay, this is the person I'm serving. What sort of problems are they having? What are their frequently asked questions? What's going on on Google? What's their behavior on social media? Where are they on social media? And how do I meet them where they are? How do I create content every day that's going to meet this person where they are in their journey and appeal to them and help them and, and genuinely help them. Not like, oh, I'm going to half help you and then like, you know, F off. Like, no, I'm going to genuinely help you with the content that I'm creating. And if you get to this point already, just with these three steps, you're going to be in a way better position. 
Step four is finding your channels. So what I say to people is I'm like, I, I did um, a call with like a, a group of people that I absolutely love on LinkedIn and um, and we all kind of, you know, help each other figure stuff out. And and we did a call earlier this week and, and we were talking about exactly this, right? Like, do you have one channel or do you have multiple channels? And like, where do you start? And like, when do you change? And so my opinion on this, and I, you know, I know other people kind of, say this is probably best practice as well, is like pick one channel first and then expand. So if you're like, and, and pick the, pick the, um, pick the, the channel that is also where your audience is, right? So again, thinking about your audience, okay, my audience is on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is probably a good place for me to start. What I see a lot of people doing is they go, and I did this again as well, like, oh, okay, I've got to be on LinkedIn, but I've also got to be on Facebook and I've also got to be on YouTube and I've also got to be on Twitter and I've also got to be on Instagram and I've also got to be now on like more and more channels, right? Like TikTok and should I be on Twitch and should I be on Medium and should I do a blog thing? Like there's so many different strategies to put your content out there and you're going to feel really overwhelmed if you're kind of doing this for the first time and trying to do all of those channels in one go. So my recommendation, especially if you're in the B2B space, start with LinkedIn because we LinkedIn, it's like people are here to do business. LinkedIn has a, like really works well for organic content at the moment, like Facebook company pages, much harder to do. But if you're like target audience is mums, um, then Facebook and Facebook groups would be like probably the best channel to start on right? Or like Instagram. And if you're like already got traction and following on one of those channels, start with that. And then you can expand, but you want to sort of figure out, okay, what, what is it? How does this work on this channel? And once you know, oh, okay, now I'm starting to get traction on this channel, give yourself like at least three months. Okay. Now I know how this channel works. Now I'm going to start on it on another channel. And you, you will be able to go through that same process on the next channel. Cause you'll know what to look for. For instance, for me, once I was like, no, I'm going to focus in on LinkedIn for now, learned all of the stuff on LinkedIn, learned all the little tricks, all the little hacks, what the algorithm's doing, how it's changing, what people are struggling with, all that kind of stuff. Uh, where where to spend my time, where not to spend my time. And then I was like, all right, now I'm ready to tackle Twitter, <laughs> right? And then, and you know, I have by no means completely worked Twitter out, but, you know, that's kind of my next channel. Now it's like, okay, LinkedIn and Twitter. And, and I mean, YouTube, I've, I've been on for a long time. So YouTube kind of, again, same kind of thing. Um, okay, step five is consistently deliver. So if you're kind of thinking, okay, I can post once a week. I don't want to annoy people too much. I'm going to post once a week and uh, that's it. That's like, it's not going to do enough for you. It's not going to do probably anything for you. If you had say like one PR um, opportunity per week, yes, that would. But when you're doing your own content and you've got a small audience and not even everyone in your audience necessarily sees your post, you need to be posting on LinkedIn at least three times a week, if not every day. Um, I post pretty much every day. Sometimes I didn't post yesterday, which was like really unusual for me, but I'm like, oh, that's okay. Like I post a lot. Um, yes, you'll probably annoy some people, but if you're annoying people, they're probably not the right people for you to work with. Right. Cause like people who find it interesting are going to stay and listen. And the people who aren't, aren't going, aren't going to. So that, that kind of like does that filtering process for you. This was like another point I brought, brought up on this Monday call was 
we were talking about sort of like, oh, well, why would you go on? Okay. Like, why would you go on a channel like TikTok? Cause TikTok is like this. And I'm like, well, actually there's like business people on TikTok. There's podcasters on TikTok. I know um, that it's worked really well for some people. I'm still trying to figure it out, but uh, it's, it's not, it's not just like a, the, the only type of content that works on TikTok is like people dancing to, to music. Right. Um, and it's worth, when a new social media platform comes out, it can actually be a really, really good time to jump in um, and check it out because that social media platform is trying to grow. So they will give you more benefits than say like something like Facebook that's established where you you basically have to pay to play now if you want to grow a company page, right? Um, but on TikTok, they're like, we want users. So they're going to make sure that they promote their users' content and you'll get more cut through on those channels, but you need to know how to use it, right? So coming back to this consistently deliver point, what you're, what you're doing is you're consistently delivering to that ideal audience. So if you understand their behaviors and you understand what it is they really want, they're going to appreciate the fact that you're posting every day and it will filter out the people who aren't going to be interested in what you're doing. And that's why it's marketing, right? Because it's like, we're marketing to a specific audience. We're not just marketing to everyone. So it's content marketing, not just content. Okay. I just realized I sound angry. I'm not angry. I'm very passionate about this. So consistent delivery really requires you to have a way to spin and or like juice content from content you create. Again, I'm going to use my show as an example. Okay. So I have three shows a week that I do. I have three episodes per week. I have uh, two of them are going to be stuff that I've done on live streaming. So one is a live stream interview and one is a live stream, this live stream. And then the, the other piece of content I pr- usually exclusively do just for my podcast listeners. Although on Monday I didn't, I did it for everyone. I did a video as well, but most Mondays it's just a, a podcast that I do in the morning. That's just for my listeners. Each one of those different pieces has a different purpose, but they all fun, fall under that grow your brand podcast. So again, going back to the home analogy, like if you think about how you decorate a home, if you're kind of like, okay, well, this is the theme for my home. My home is going to be like, I'm going to go for like kind of rustic, uh, you know, uh, I'm not really a designer, but you know what I mean? Like, but maybe I'll choose an example that I'm more of a fan of. I'm going to go like modern Spartan kind of home. You know, it's going to be minimalistic. Uh, it's not going to have a lot of stuff in there, but the stuff that it has is going to be, you know, stuff I really treasure and value. And probably I'm going to have a massive bookshelf because like, I have three bookshelves in my house. Um, so we then start to think about, well, what's the furniture that goes in there? And, um, you know, you can see if something looks out of place. And this is that same same sort of thing with having a, a, content, a home for your content. It's like, what themes work? What content works? What looks the same? What things don't look the same? Okay, that's probably not content you want to keep creating, right? So as you, um, as you start to consistently deliver value, you've got to think about, well, what is it I'm putting in this home that I've created based on this down here, this story that I've developed and this contribution I want to make to the world, where does it need to go? You know, so if you think about the way you would decorate a home, it's kind of the same thing. Where does this need to go? What value is it providing? Why is it there? Does it fit with the rest of my furniture? 
and another thing that we do when we have a home and we're sort of building our home is we keep improving it. We maintain it. Right. So this is the final step. And this is also something I see a lot of people missing out on is that they don't realize that you can't just put content out there and never look at how your content's performing. So again, for me in, in what I do, I'm constantly looking at like, what are people listening to? What are people sharing? What did people like? Even if it's a small number, right? It's still worth understanding that. So it's like, what pages did people uh, visit the most? Uh, when people are watching on a live stream, what do they watch? And then what do they listen to? Is there a difference there? So I have like, I keep track of all of the pieces of content that I'm putting out. I look at what performed well, what did people comment on, what got engagement in terms of people reaching out to me as well because people will send me a message like, hey, I just saw this post and I'm like, okay, so that's really speaking to my target audience. You need to constantly be uh, analysing and collecting data and then using that to gain insight and improve your content. So it's not like a set and forget thing. This is something that you need to constantly be working on. Now, that might sound like a lot of work. <laughs> I started off this by saying like, I don't want this to be, this is about dealing with heavy lifting. So the reason that this becomes easier over time is that once you work out how to do this, right? Once you figure out your best practices, once you know like, well, this is how I write, this is my tone of voice, this is what I'm sharing. And you've got a bank of like, you know, 50 pieces of content that you put out there, then you can start to outsource that. But you have to do the work yourself first, in my opinion, because if you don't know what best practices are and why you're doing it, if you start outsourcing it, especially if you're outsourcing, you know, like offshore, it's going to be really hard to onboard people because you don't even really know what you're doing. So you need to figure that out first. I just realized that I, there was one other thing that I, I didn't say before when I was talking about consistently delivering. So when you have like a show, you know how I said that like Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing, that that gives me more than enough content to put out. Like on TikTok, I was doing three videos a day. I stopped that for a while because I was finding it wasn't working that well, but I'm going to start up again with some adjustments to my strategy. So um, to create three video pieces a day, right, that sounds like heaps of work. But if I've got like a bank of like, I've got like 200 videos, like 200 half hour videos. So that's pretty easy for me to get like, well, each video I can get like 10 or 11 pieces of content out of, right? And I can also do things like take quotes out of it. I can build infographics off it. I've, I've got so much content, like I will never run out. <laughs> Like already I'm like, I've got enough content for like another year. Um, so you end up being able to also choose your best pieces. You also end up being able to go, oh, well, that one didn't work. So I won't worry about those other 10. Instead of you, instead of being in a position where you're like, what am I going to write today? It's more like, okay, well, which one should I post? You know, because you've got heaps of stuff there. If you've done, if you've listened to my podcast before, you'll know that I've done an episode about sort of using Canva to set up your style guide and like how easy it is to create a consistent look and feel. But uh, if you haven't, I'll pop the link to that in here as well, because that's the other important part of it, right? It's sort of like, well, this is optimal for this channel. This is what it needs to look like. And then here's all the content I've created over the last week. And it just becomes like a production line. So um you have to do the work yourself first. You have to do these 
you really have to do all six steps before you can outsource in my opinion. Um, but when you're up here, then you can start to go, okay, now I've got all of the information to brief other people on what to do. So um, what results can you expect from this? Because this is important. When you do this, you won't get results straight away. So you won't get like, oh, I did this for a week and I've been doing, you know, my the right story and I've been, you know, on point with my message and I've been doing content every day and a week later you've got clients. That's not going to happen. What's going to happen is over time you're going to build your brand, which is going to open up a whole heap of opportunities for you. This is really about sort of trusting the process a little bit. It's sort of like, again, going back to the personal training example, you don't go to the gym for a week and go like, oh, I am now like at my ideal weight and I've got my ideal body. That's not going to happen. What's going to happen is you might see some early positive results. Like you might be like, oh, like, I, you know, I lost a kilo. When you do content, it might be like, oh, people liked my post. A few people reached out to me. I've got a few more connections. Great. That's the starting point for lead generation. What this is going to do is it's going to warm people up before they talk to you. So instead of trying to start a cold conversation, which is hard, it doesn't work most of the time, and you have very, very low you know, percentage of conversion rate, what this is going to do is it's going to warm people up. So when you get on the phone, and this is what pretty much always happens for me, whenever I'm doing a sales call, people talk to me like they know me. I haven't met them before, but they talk to me like they know me because they've seen my content before. They've seen me, they know what I'm going to be talking about. They know like what I do. So all I'm doing then is going like, well, how can I help you specifically? What, what is it you're after? Why is it that you want to have this call? And do you want to, do you want to do work together? Is this going to be valuable to you? And if not, that's cool. But usually people aren't jumping on the phone with me if they don't already know who I am. So I don't have to do all of that work at the beginning to warm people up and tell them about what I do. It's like, well, you already know. It makes a massive difference. The other thing is, is when you have a big audience, you can kind of do anything you want with that. So if you decide to go in a completely different direction, you've already got an audience to market to as long as they still fit in with that market that you're selling to. So, you know, if it's kind of like you go from like, I don't know, personal training to like selling a car, (laughs) selling cars, that might not work. But if you go from like personal training one-on-one to launching an online course or training other personal trainers, like that's probably going to work for you, right? Because you've got this big audience. So you've got an easy way to get people to share your message, positive word of mouth, all all that kind of stuff. Um, If you want a quick fix, if you're like, I need clients tomorrow, from a marketing perspective, you're going to have to do advertising. Content marketing won't do that for you. So it's important to know the things you can expect and the things that you can't expect. Um, But once you build that like three to six months of, of content, you're going to start to see it's just going to go like, like it will just, it will go like slow build, slow build, slow build. And then it'll be like, bang, all of a sudden, a lot more people know who you are and it just opens the floodgates for opportunity. It's very, very cool. I'm going to stop sharing this because we're going to wrap up in a second. I went way over time, but oh well. So I want to finish off by talking about, well, what actions can you take this week? So I think the biggest thing is like, if you don't know who your target audience is, if you can't, if you couldn't tell me where they read information, 
what sort of books they've, you know, what sort of books they've read, what sort of, um, what their day looks like. If you can't tell me what their biggest problems are, what, you know, is really hitting them in terms of what their nightmares are, what like they, they worry about at night, what their greatest ambitions are, uh, you know, where they go to look for information. I kind of mentioned books. If you can't, if you can't tell me those things, you can't tell me like who they turn to for advice. If you can't tell me like what sort of roles they have in the workplace, then you need to go back to that step first. So have a think about that. If that's something that you're like, if you know all of that stuff, if you're like, I know exactly who my audience is, um, then start thinking about that story piece. So what is the story that you want to tell them and how can you put something together that's going to sort of encapsulate that story in like three or four words max? It can't be like this long, you know, line of here's what my story is. It needs to be something like grow your brand. It needs to be like three or four words that is a hook to bring people in that you want to attract and that can be sort of like that cornerstone for all of the content that you're going to create. So they would be my recommended actions for this week. I hope this has been helpful. If you like this video, please share it. Uh, that would be awesome. Comment, uh, tell me what you thought, reach out to me, message me, all that kind of stuff. You can catch all of these episodes as well on replay, obviously uh, here on LinkedIn, on YouTube. I'm on Facebook today too, because I realized I could actually stream to three platforms. Um, so hello to people listening on Facebook. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m., I think. I'm doing an interview with Melissa Peppers. It's going to be awesome. Melissa is like super smart woman, probably one of the smartest women I've met. And we're talking uh, business strategy. I mean, I don't know exactly where the conversation is going to go, but I know it's going to be really good. <laughs> so <laughs> tune in for that. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week and uh, I'll speak to you again, well, tomorrow. See you later. Okay, so that's it from me for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll be back next week with more episodes. I haven't worked out exactly what I'm going to do on Monday. I usually figure it out. <laughs> over the weekend. So I'll share that on Twitter uh, once I know what I'm doing. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at LaurenCress89 is where I am. And if you want to join in the conversation there as well, uh, use the hashtag GrowYourBrand. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think about this show or other shows. It's great to uh, to have that feedback because I'm just talking into a microphone otherwise. Have an awesome weekend and I'll speak to you again on Monday. Not running your business on NetSuite is like trying to sink a putt with a cap pulled over your eyes. NetSuite by Oracle is the number one cloud financial system, giving you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, budgeting, and more all in one place. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 31,000 businesses already use NetSuite. This summer, NetSuite has a special financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com go. netsuite.com go. Go.